Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner, and our co-host, Brian J. Henderson, will be with us in about a second or so. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's show is going to be (laughs) some kind of show. I tell you what, we, we are going to have a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, our co-host, Brian J. Henderson, just joined us. Brian, are you there? I am here. Okay, okay. I was just telling them, that, hey, we, we, we have a show tonight. And, Brian, I'm going to let you tell us about what we're going to talk about tonight. Well, you know, it's, it's going to be a very interesting show. When I thought about uh, what we would talk about for a show, I thought about something that I know uh, many people that are in my inner circle have been dealing with in the past couple of days, weeks, months, and Sad, let's say, even years, and that's the issue of bad relationships. And when I say bad relationships, most people automatically think husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, you know. But I want to deal with a deeper level. I mean, we're going to discuss those issues as well. But also, what about the relationship that you may have with your coworker or your Mm. boss or the type of relationship you may have with your church members, or even your pastor, Ooh. or even your faith, Uh-oh. you know, or your children. And so these are the type of bad relationships that can cause you to suffer physically, mentally, spiritually, socially, and financially. And we want to, we want to delve into that, and we want you to call in, you know, because we want to hear from you as well. We want to know what you all think about the effects of bad relationships. And our call-in number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. And we're also live on Facebook. And, you know, hit us up on Facebook. You got questions, you got comments, you don't want to come on the show and actually say them, hit us up on Facebook. You know, or you can also visit the chat rooms. Right. The pleasure and the pain part of it. <laughs> you got to tell us. You got to explain that one about the pleasure. First of all, you tell know, us what, t- talk about the topic. Let's give them the topic, and then we'll we'll. I want you to explain that to them. When your pleasure is your pain, wow. and I want people to really, really think about that. When your pleasure is your pain. And the reason I say that, the way that I say it, is that people go through so much trying to find, you know, who they are, or they're trying to hold on to something that brings them a moment of pleasure, but it's so painful to do so. When you think about, you know, let's go into relationships. You think about that battered woman that continually goes through that whole notion of, you know, he beats you, and then he says, I'm sorry. Then he says, I love you. I'll never do it again, but you made me so angry, and I just couldn't control myself. I need to do better. I love you. Please forgive me. And they forgive him, and then the person does it again, and then they forgive him again. You see, because they're looking for that companionship. They don't want to lose that person. They may not want to lose that financial standing that they have because maybe that person is the breadwinner or that person is financially holding uh, things together, you see, mm-hmm. and so they hold on to them, and then they get that little bit of pleasure of being someone being there, that comfort level, but at the expense of all the pain that they've suffered or endured. That's true, it, and that's and that's pretty much a cycle that goes that that's going on right now. And mm-hmm. what do, a, a lot of it has to stem from. I'll say this financially, is it as a financial 
hardship right now on a lot of families and a lot of people that want to leave a relationship, and it may not make sense to a lot of people, but then again, if you really think about it, where are they going to go? Right. A lot, of them, a lot of them, they don't have any place to go. So they stay there and they deal with it and they take it and they fight it and they fight it. And, you know, that has to be a very, very hard thing to be in a relationship that you know is not working. You oh, know, that's you, true. Yeah, and you know what the other person is doing. And and the sad thing about it, Brian, if, if there's children involved, mm-hmm. and God forbid uh, it's a physical relationship where where uh, punches are thrown and and that type of thing where the woman has to uh, take a couple of days off of work because she doesn't want her co-workers to see her face or to see the bruises. And maybe the man is is taking some days off because he probably got some bruises, or or some woman throwed hot grits in his face, or or did something to him. <laughs> it, we we're living in a time right now where anger is just running rapid in homes because of so much that's going on to, into the world. Mm-hmm. And Brian, you all know that. Uh, when 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 things like that happen, people will tend to go outside and look for some type of outlet. Sex, right. may, sex can be the outlet. Drugs could be the outlet. They they'll go out and they'll look for all of the, the the reasons to have an outlet, but there's only one outlet that they truly truly need, and they won't have to pay a price for it. Right. You know, and the other issue I want to you know, throw in with that is that they go through it, their families know about it, they don't want to discuss it, but their families know about it. The family member may try to intervene, and they will protect the person that's inflicting the pain on them. You see, because that thing becomes a psychological cage and it holds on to them, and it it keeps them in. And that person he knows, or that person she knows, the type of power that she wields over them. And so she'll use that to her advantage where that person won't even speak to their family. They'll cut everybody else off. And we know that's a cycle that's just all too common today. It's happening all over the world. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. Uh, domestic violence is on a high right now. Uh, it could be, you know, the person may not be physically abusing you, but it could be a verbal thing. It could be uh, just a number of things. And, Brian, I, I, we won't even discuss uh, uh, how a, a, a lot of the men now are turning to other men and a lot of women are turning to other women and uh, things are just being turned upside down. It's just uh, I don't I don't want to say it's just the world that we live in. I think it's just the people that choose to live in that particular world. I would agree. I would agree. You know, I want let's let's talk about another uh, relationship that when it starts to sour, when it begins to go bad, it is nearly impossible to repair. I mean, and it takes a lot of work. And that's the relationship between a, 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 a father and son or a father and daughter or a mother and son and mother and daughter, that parent-child relationship. You know, I was, it's funny. I was talking to one of my old classmates on Facebook today, and she happened to be going through some of the pictures, and she's talking about how precious my youngest daughter was. And, you know, she was saying <laughs> how precious and uh, pretty soon it's not going to be like that, you know. And I and I talked about how you know my, how my other kids now they don't want me hugging and kissing on them like I used to when they were little, and so they kind of shy away from it. Like hey hey you know, don't be hugging and kissing on me. I'm, you know I'm 12 now, you know. And we talk about that relationship that you that when it starts to sour, when that child doesn't want you to fool with them at all. You know, when they don't talk to you about their things that go on in, in school or maybe in their life, and that relationship goes bad, where instead of going to you, they feel like they have to go to someone else because they don't feel like they can talk to you about things. 
you know, that's a very tough relationship to repair, especially when the parent believes that they're doing everything right. You know, uh, we're living in a time now, Brian, that was totally different when you and I were growing up. And if you're not around the young kids today, if you're not out volunteering, if you're not out, you know, in your your kids' life as far as their friends and listening to their talk, if you don't do those things, you are totally out of the loop, and you cannot connect with the kids. These kids are faced with things that a lot of us don't even have a clue that they're faced with. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the drugs are running rampant. The sex is the same. Uh, they're being forced and, and pressured into doing so many different things just to fit in. Yeah. And uh, not only are the kids pressuring and forcing each other, you have a lot of adults doing the same things to the children, not 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 only into the schools, but Brian is sad to say it's also going on in, inside the churches as well. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, one of the things that I have noticed about, especially when, it, when you deal with larger churches, with churches with larger congregations, is that you don't have that person to person interaction every day with everybody. I mean, you may have some church members that you might see once every six months because the church is so large, you know. And so a lot of times uh, the people who suffer the most are the children because the children need that type of interaction with, I would say, good-natured adults. And too often what we find is that when people come to church, they never check who's dealing with their children. They never come to sit back and say, let me go listen to the Sunday school lesson to see if if I can if I can trust. And see, it's all about trust. If I can trust the person that's leading that that Bible study lesson, you know, or the person that's over my children. I want to make sure that they're not mistreating them. I want to make sure that I feel comfortable with them learning around them or learning from them. You know, as a youth, I remember having a very bitter taste in my mouth from visiting a church where my grandparents attended. And as a child, we used to always be around that church. And I remember going to a Sunday school lesson, because I would never go to Sunday school. I usually just go to church and be gone. But I went to Sunday school one morning. And I had never been in a Sunday school class before, so I didn't know what to do. I didn't know that, you know, there were certain things you could and could not do. And so, of course, I'd gotten a piece of gum from my grandfather. Oh, Lord. And when I went into the Sunday school lesson, the lady, she was an older lady, and she was over the Sunday school lesson. She saw that I was chewing a piece of gum, and she proceeded to spank me with a ruler. And I had no idea what was going on. You know, and I'm like, wait a minute, why am I being hit with a ruler? You know, I don't know what's going on. And she said, because you came in my class chewing gum, and you should know better, and you're going to get it. And, you know, I mean, she just went to literally attacking me. And this was my first time in the class. Needless to say, I didn't go back to a Sunday school lesson until I was about 16 years old. And I think I was about maybe 9, 10, or 11, around that age. And I, I because I told him I do not want to go. You know, I told my mom. I, my mom would not, and you know, and she didn't pressure me to go because she understood, because she wasn't happy about it. You know, when she found out, she wasn't happy about it. She was like, I want to know why you spanked my child. Well, Brian, you know? I, I think if you would have offered her a piece of gum, uh, I don't think you would have <laughs> had those. <laughs> but, but do you understand the type yes, of... Some because people, some, people, some people, they they, they overact. They overact to a lot of things. Right. And uh, your childhood, you know, just, you and I both know, going into the jails and prisons, a lot of those guys are in there because of an experience that they had as a child, and they just couldn't shake that. 
that incident or that situation that's always in their mind, and that thing is taking root in their life. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, Brian, you know, I, we have so much to cover. We have so many things to talk about tonight as far as the relationships. You know, mm-hmm. I, that's a, we're going to come back to that, but I, I really want to hit on uh, the relationship between a uh, different races, whites and blacks. Just, just all different races. You know, when you're growing up, you're really, really close. When you're like in first and second grade, and as you start getting older, you start to separate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think that's because that's you know, as you start getting older, the family start giving you ideas of okay, this is who you vote for. You're a Republican. You're a Democrat. This is how you carry yourself. We run against the Democrats, or we run against the Republicans, and you know, it's okay that you used to play with them um, when you were a little boy, but now you're growing up. So, so now you need to tailor that back a little bit and, and, and not be so close. And and not maybe you shouldn't have little Johnny over uh, to the house. And and well, maybe you know that's okay to play with them at school, but outside of that, you know, we we just don't want to do that. Mhm. I agree. Yeah. You know and. It's funny because sometimes parents create bad relationships mm-hmm. with children mm-hmm. amongst other children. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, here it is. You may have a parent that doesn't like that other parent, and they say, I don't want you playing with their kids. Now, the children have nothing to do with whatever squabble that those parents may have. The children sometimes are best of friends. Mm -hmm. But yet, because of their parents' disdain for each other, now the children are dragged into that. And children learn about those type of relationships and how to create those type of relationships from their parents. Because when they get older, and they'll say something, they'll do the same thing with their kids. You know, I can remember where there were two cousins who didn't didn't get along, and they got into an argument, and they told their children, "Don't play with each other." And then their children's children didn't play with each other. You know, and it was so crazy because once the children's children's children met each other, they were the best of friends. And they did not understand why they couldn't play with their cousins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. And, Brian, what about right now on the jobs, the race issues between what some people are saying about our president and some of the signs that we see on television? I mean, you can feel the tension. If, mm-hmm. if you're living in this country... If you say that there's no tension and you can't, something is wrong. Something is wrong because it's there. We hear it on the news mm-hmm. all the time. We hear it on the radio. We hear it, uh, people just talking about it out in the open. And this is a free country, but this is one that you know, we're told that freedom of speech is, is our right. We can do that. But I also believe that there's a price behind that, too, at some point. But, Brian, you see and hear what's going on. So now a lot of the relationships when you, that uh, people that are, are adults, they're hanging out now, that they, they used to hang out before President Obama was elected. Now that he's in office, I guarantee you a lot of those relationships are strained. I, I, I can believe that. I can believe that. You know, the the other thing about the president, when you look at the um, you know, and I was actually talking about this this morning with my uncle, you know, because we talk about a lot of different things, politics, what have you, and I was talking about how, said so when you look at the the president, the office of the president, you may not agree with what he does or what he says, but the one thing that shouldn't happen is that a member of the same political body or even a, anybody that's a politician 
should never openly disrespect the president. And I, and I say that for both sides. For the politicians that openly disrespect President Bush, shame on you, because you may disagree with him all day long. You may not agree with the things he does, but don't disrespect the office. You know, and people, when people hear me say that they're and, and they're anti-Bush, they say, "What do you mean? Are you crazy? You mean you like President Bush?" I say, "No, I respect I respect the office of the president." And again, there was some, there was a lot of good things that President Bush has done for the country. You know, I don't disagree with that. I know there were a lot of good things. There are a lot of good things that he's done. He wasn't just the most horrible president in the world. But it was the things that he did and the magnitude at which he did them that people were upset about. And now, I say that to say, now we have a president that's doing the opposite of what President Bush has done. You know, instead of putting more troops out, he wants to bring them home. You know, instead of uh, cutting taxes for the rich and giving the rich tax breaks, you know, he wants to make sure that the people who need the tax breaks get them. You know, I mean, so now you have the other side that they're upset, they're hate, you know, hating what's going on. But to get up and just openly disrespect, can you imagine the type of relationships that now have been strained because uh, Joe, uh, Representative Joe Wilson got up and show disdain for the president, for the office of the president, not necessarily the president, but for the office. Because you can disagree, and there were people who disagreed, but to openly, flat out, just call him out and say, you're a liar, or you lie, or whatever. You see, that's a bad relationship. And think about how that relationship is going to hurt him. Well, I won't say physically, because I, I don't believe that anybody will physically go after him and attack him. But mentally... I'm sure it's, you know, I'm sure it's a drain on him mentally, socially definitely, <laughs> you know, politically, financial. Well, socially, politically, it's the same boat. Financially, definitely, it's, he's going to take a financial hit because he'll have to work that much harder to stay in office. I, you know, I think, I think a lot of people are giving him money, Brian. A, a lot of people that agree with him are coming to his. Well, you know, and and that's a given. That's a given. You're going to have those that agree with what he say, try to dump as much money as possible to keep him in office. But they would have rather had spent that money somewhere else where they know they need it. You see, this is just an extra place where they didn't intend on having to spend that much more. You know, so financially, they're going to be, you know, pouring out more money. You know, and what what was the other thing I want to talk about as far as the president's office? Oh, the bad relationships that he has that that has have been created, not him personally, but that have been created among races because they view him as an African American, where in truth he's biracial. But you never hear them address him as the first biracial president. Well, let me, let, let me say this. Can you imagine the pressure? Can you imagine everything that you do? Um, and it, it comes with office. I, I'm sure all the presidents have to deal with it. But it, it just seems now more than any other president that no matter what our president uh, decisions he'll make, no matter what he does, he'll be criticized. And I know that you can't have everybody or make everybody feel good and have everybody on your side about everything that you do. But come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. And he can't, his office and his cabinet, they can't come out and say that a lot of people don't like me because I'm black or because I'm biracial. Mm-hmm. He can't do that. They cannot do that. No. That would be political suicide if they did that. Absolutely. So, so 
And for anyone to say that, oh, a lot of this stuff is not racial, come on. What do you mean by let's take our country back? <laughs> what, 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 what do they mean by that? I've never heard that with President Bush or any other president. We need to take our country back. Take it back from what and from where? And, and from who? And, 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 Brian, anything that he does, let's say he's going to do something that some of the other presidents have done in the past. There's some, there's a problem with that. I mean, there's a problem with everything that this man is doing. And God forbid the health care industry gets better or, or there's a plan that works, that actually works for the people. Uh, I, I, I truly believe that a lot of a uh, lot of his critics, a lot of people that don't like him, I truly mm-hmm. believe that they are afraid of him. Yes. I, I think that a lot of them thought that he would just be a yes man in office, and he's not doing that. He, he's, he's standing No, you know office. what I think? I think that they never thought he would do anything in office. Well, he's making some really, really tough decisions. Mm-hmm. He is really, really, he's, he's making the decisions that a lot of the presidents before him would not make. Mm-hmm. He's making himself available to the public, and he, he's visible a lot more than a lot of the other presidents. He answers questions, which a lot of the other presidents didn't do. Now, if you were to ask uh, certain questions to the past presidents, you were considered uh, disrespectful. And pretty much, Brian, they will say that you were just flat out un-American. An American wouldn't do that to the president. You, you have to have some type of respect. But this man uh, disrespected the president in front of the world. And for him to say, I'm not going to apologize anymore. Can you imagine? Oh, you know, you know the funniest part? Mm-hmm. He says, they made me. Yeah. Call the White House. So they gonna, made him call the White House. Is what he told people. So imagine that they made him call the White House means he never intended on apologizing. Can you imagine someone doing that? The opposite race of President Bush standing up and saying that. I guarantee you that person would not be in office today. Mm-hmm. If it were an African American that did that, that said something out loud like that, oh my gosh, it, I guarantee you, Brian, he would not be in office today. And you can't cry about things being fair. That's not going as long as man is walking the earth, that's not going to happen. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Some things are just that. They're just what they see. I mean, it's just you, you just have to take it for what it is and move on, and you have to pick your battles and pick your fights. But this is, one, Brian, this is one, Brian, that I, I think the, the race issue is not going away. Uh, if it's not addressed at some point, I think it will get worse. Mm-hmm. I agree. I really do believe that. And, Brian, one thing that I don't want is for our young kids to get caught up in this hate mess. I don't want our kids to get caught up in this hate mess because that would really, oh, that that would really, really be a bad thing. You know what I mean? Hello, Brian. Anyway, we lost Brian. I'm sure he'll be. Uh, right back with us. But if you have a question or a comment. Okay, I'm back. Okay, yeah. I was just telling, if you have a question or comment, please feel free to call in. The number is 718-508-9600. Again, that's 718-508-9600. I'm getting a lot of emails and, and text messages, Brian, about the show and about certain questions. But I think a lot of the things that we're talking about is kind of sensitive and a lot of people really don't want to say certain things, but you know what? At some point, you're going to have to say something. You're going to have to say something. You can be respectful and say what you feel, because, again, this is a free country, and you can do that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Greg, I also believe that a lot of bad relationships can be fixed, but once they get and, and once they get to a certain point, you know, it's going to take way more energy to fix them than they than it did to create the bad relationship. You know, it's almost like if I poured sugar on an anthill to attract the sugar ants, it's going to be harder for me to get that sugar out of that hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it's worth it it's worth it to save uh, some relationships or turn some relationships because you know what a lot of people Brian that that are racist and a lot of people that don't like people because of they're either gay or straight or whatever at some point at some point they will in their life they will say you know what this is this this hate thing is just not working for me it, it my life is upside down because of it, and 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 you have a lot of people that don't like people because of their race and their sex, you know, whatever their sexual preferences are. They don't like them, and whenever they see them, that's a form of the the, the thing that the very thing that they hate is the thing that's controlling them. Can you imagine how many people um, hate our president, but whenever he gets on television to speak? They become angry. Their blood pressure goes up. You're not going to stop this man from speaking. He's going to do his job. He's the president. I mean, nothing's going to change that. Mm-mm. But some people' health, Brian, is at risk. A lot of people are, are right at the right at the uh, a point of having an attack, heart attack, or just falling out because uh, our president's skin is a little darker than than what they used to see. Yes, yes. You know, I, I want to focus on another relationship that um, we didn't really talk about that much. We kind of alluded to it, but we said well, we were, you know, in the context of children. But I want to talk about the the adult-parent relationship where you become an adult now and you don't necessarily deal with your parents. And... That's something that I've seen more prevalent, especially now in these times where times are rough, times are hard. You know, I've seen this phenomenon of people not wanting to deal with their elderly parents. They don't want to have they don't want to have any type of relationship with them. You know, maybe that parent has is, um, is going through Alzheimer's or has dementia or something like that. And they don't want to see them go through that, so they don't deal with them. Or maybe it was because something that that parent might have done to them or maybe to their child, something that they didn't agree. You know the phenomenon that I've seen? It's where parents that are old school that believe that when your child does something, you're supposed to spank them. And then you have a new age parent that says, I don't believe in that. And then that parent spanks their child. You know, and whether you believe in spanking or not, it's just that now that relationship is strained to the point where they don't talk to them or they don't deal with them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could have been easily avoided if that parent would have said, okay, mom or dad, I don't believe in spanking this child, so you don't have to spank them. I'll just make sure that I make them mine. You see, or it could have been as easy as okay. I don't want. I don't believe in spanking, so I'm not going to leave my child alone with you. <laughs> you know, I mean, something could have, you know, and even with that, they could have explained it to the point where to, you know, let their parents understand. But what happens is, you have tempers flare. You have the old school versus the new school, and they go at it. And the next thing you know, when that child is being unruly, the parents do what they believe they're supposed to do and the grandparents do what they believe they're supposed to do you know but my 
my point is you have the you have this strained relationship based on the difference of opinion, and now nobody deals with anybody, and ultimately it affects everybody because maybe the grandparents didn't intend for their children to be so upset that they wouldn't deal with them anymore, or maybe they were. Maybe there was an absolute reason that they had to spank that child on the hand. Maybe he was touching fire, or maybe she was, you know, getting ready to drink something, you know, out of the, you know, I don't know, out of maybe she's getting ready to drink some bleach or something. You know, you never know what may have happened, or it may have been a reactive type thing where that grandparent was so used to spanking that he or she automatically went to spank a hand. You know, you never know what the deal is, you know. And, you know, there's another relationship thing that I, and it's funny, I was, uh, you know, pubbing the show on Facebook, and I read a caption from a good friend of ours, and she talked about how as she was going through the airport, there was a young lady who was being uh, arrested because she had a kilo of cocaine in her possession. And, you know, there was a lot of people who chimed in on Facebook about it. And, you know, I was saying to myself that, you know, it, that person had to be crazy to try to take any type of drug. You can't even take toothpaste through those detectives. I mean, they check for everything. You know, but the relationship that I was talking about was the fact that that person felt that they had to do it. And what type of relationship did they have with the person who they got the drugs from? You know, because one of the per- one of the uh, persons who chimed in said they could have been doing it for a boyfriend that was a drug dealer. And I thought about men who mentally overpower women, who put them in situations where they tell them they love them so much that just do this for me one time and. You know, it, it's it's sad, but true. This happens all the time, where these men, who, in my opinion, they're cowards, one, for, you know, selling the drugs, and they're cowards too for not doing it themselves. And why would they put a woman in their place to get caught? Mm. You know, but those are the type of bad relationships where people think that they're good. Oh no, he takes care of me. He buys me everything I need. Yeah, you're always going to have somebody on the outside looking in, and they see something totally different from what what's really going on. Because you have some people that will say, you know, I, I see this couple and they look so happy, but nobody really understands or no one knows the hell that's going on inside their home. They don't know if this person's on the down low, or they don't know if, if she's on drugs. Uh, People tend to put on a, a good face uh, and, a, and a good time out in, in, in the public, especially in the church. So it, it, people people all over, Brian, are just going through, and a lot of people are just flat-out hurting. And relationships are being broken and torn down uh, on a daily basis. Divorce rates are just sky high. And I just truly believe, Brian, that, the things that's going on right now and the decision that people are making, I, I, I think that a lot of people are just making bad choices because of situations that, that are so uncomfortable. Uh, I, I'd rather leave than stay and be uncomfortable. Well, sometimes you have to fight through it, and that's when you really find out what you're married to or what you your fiancé, who, whoever this person is going to be, once uh, some type of adversity hits, you watch how that person responds, and you'll know what you're dealing with. You'll know what you have. Mm-hmm. Because it is coming. No yeah. one no one can get away from it. I don't care your color. I don't care where you're from. Adversity and trials and tribulations are going to come in your life, so just get ready to deal with it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Greg, what about the relationship, watch this, between student and teacher? Oh. <laughs> you see, when you, when you deal with, with that type of 
bad relationship, you know, you have situations where that can hurt you spiritually because maybe you believed in that teacher and you thought that teacher would help you or maybe the teacher was trying to help you and you just didn't want to deal with them. So so now your spirit's broken. You know, or, you know, ment- or definitely be a mental issue men- mentally because now you don't know if you can trust that teacher and that t- teacher definitely doesn't trust you. You know, it could be financially. We're all going to have to deal with relationship issues. It's just a mm-hmm. matter of us really looking at the situation and saying, you know what, let me let me step back and let me reevaluate the people that are in my life right now. Let me see, are these people good for me? And if they're not, you know the answer. A lot of times we hold on to these people and we keep them close to us because we're just used to them. And these people can be speaking death in your life all day long and you will keep them there. And a lot of people grind their kid around and say, you're so crazy or I'm not paying any attention. No, this person is really speaking death over your life. I'm mm-hmm. not, when I say death, I'm not saying that this person is speaking, saying that they hope that you die. This person is saying, I hope that your dream never uh, wake up. I hope your dream never takes off. I want you to stay just like me, a procrastinator and a person that's living an average life. Mm. Wow. <laughs> we need to really look at the people that are in a circle. We really need to look at them. And you spent so much time with them. Are these people helping you get where you need to be? Or are you helping the people get where they need to be? If one of the two is not happening, you need to do something different. Yes. You know, I have a question, Greg. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you make the attempt to mend a bad relationship and the other person doesn't want to? Well, you've done all that you could do. You've done your Mm -hmm. part. You've done your part. And I say that because once, let's say you wrong someone you ask for forgiveness and you move on you try to clean that up but you you have to be sincere about it if that person hurt you forgive that person let them know that you forgive them let them move on if that person is still not, not wanting to be your friend or just continue being rude let it go because you cannot make someone be your friend. You can't you can't make someone talk to you or you can't make someone have your back. Mm-hmm. Walk away from it. Just walk away from it and move on with your life. Because trust me, you have a lot of great things that you can be doing uh, rather than sitting around worried about a friend. I agree. But a lot of people are going through that, Brian. And, Brian, let's talk about that other pleasurable thing that a lot of people go through. And some people can't shake this thing, Brian. I mean, we hear it all the time, and they're close, and they stab each other in the back. Brian, that cancerous word, gossip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what. Can I trust you? I want to tell you something that I'm going through in my marriage. Can I tell you something that I did that nobody else know anything about? Can I tell you and it'll stay between us? Oh, yeah, it's going to stay between us. Soon as they hang up the phone, they call in somebody else. Wow. And that is so, so true. <laughs> <laughs> And you hear it all the time. I mean, you can see it. You, you, Brian, we hear and see it so much that when, 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 when some, and I'm not picking on the ladies, but I'm just using this as an example. When one lady uh, comes into a building, let's say you're at a wedding and your reception, and, and you're sitting to a table, 
and I know you've heard this, Brian. I'm not asking you to call anybody out, but you've been sitting to the table with, with some women, and a lady comes in. Look at her. Oh, that's such and such, such and such. They don't remember her by her name. They remember her by something that she did or something mm-hmm. that happened to her. And that's just that's just flat out cold and wrong. Yeah. Oh, that's the lady that her husband did this, and he beat that. You know what? She looked good today, but she usually come in here bruised. She usually <laughs> got she's bruised up. Her eyes are swollen, and last time I saw her, she was this, she was that. But then when they see her, oh hey, and as soon as she walks off, it's another story. Yeah. Some men yeah. do the same thing, and I'm not bashing the women, but I was just using that as an example. Oh, you're absolutely right. You know. And sad to say, sometimes you have folks in church. Well, <laughs> yes. Now, why is she wearing that hat? That outfit is too small. She should have known not to wear those shoes with that shirt, you know, or that person. Oh, yeah, her husband cheated on her, and she stayed with him. You know, I or I wouldn't do that. Or she know all those kids don't belong to him. You know, I mean, you hear this stuff so much, and it's coming from people in the church. And it's like, wait a minute. You know, and I know that then that people in the church are supposed to be trying to do better. But when you hear more gossip out of church members than you do out of people that aren't in the church, then we know that those relationships that they have are not fruitful. Because they should be producing fruit, not making it rotten. (laughs) There's a scripture that says, whatever's in the the heart, the mouth will speak. Out of the abundance of the mouth. Uh, the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, I mean, you're gonna hear it. Yeah, you know, you know, and and I and I and I say this to say, it's not like you're not gonna make a comment. You know, I mean, you you're you're okay to make a comment, but when you go spewing it to everybody, you know, or when that comment turns into every time you see somebody, you make a comment on it. <laughs> you know, hey, wait a minute. But Brian, you, you know, know, let's say for relationship's sake, for a lot of people out there that's listening, do you think we could monitor the things that we say on a daily basis and cut back on the negative things that we're seeing and uh, just basically how can we make a, a, a an effort or a committed effort to doing better and, and only saying positive things. And, and sometimes when you get the truth, it, it may come off as being negative, but sometimes uh, some things are said in a way that a lot of people don't like, and it could be that this person is not trying to cut you down. They just may be telling you something that you're doing that you may not be aware that it's on that level as far as how bad it is. Mm-hmm. So the truth does cut and the truth does hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and some people, surprisingly, don't like the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to know the truth. And you'll find out a lot of times in these bad relationships, the people know what the truth is. They know that that person's no good for them. They know that that person's looking to make sure that they fail. They know that that person is only there to 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 use and abuse and confuse them. They know all this, but yet they stay in it. They don't want to hear the truth. You tell them you have to leave this person, otherwise they're going to kill you, and they say no, I can't leave this person because it's going to kill me. You see, and they use the same words that you try to give them to help them. 
to justify why they don't need help. You know, the one of the biggest things I've heard, you know, I've talked to, to women who have been in um, abusive relationships and there's children involved and they'll say, who's going to want a woman with three kids? Or who's going to help me take care of my babies if I leave him? You know, but yet taking care of the babies is the furthest thing from that man's mind. Because if he w- if that's what it was on his mind, then he wouldn't be abusing the one who carried the babies. Mm-hmm. You see, these, these are the these are the situations where physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, and spiritually, people suffer. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, uh, I, I, I definitely agree. The thing is, by that, there's so many, there's so much going on, and and we have a lot of our young kids in relationships and dating. And why, if you look at the things that the adults are going through, can, I, I can't even imagine what's going on in the lives of these young, these young kids. Mm-hmm. You see, a lot of the the boys now are just so aggressive and beating on the girls. You see that a lot now. That's yeah. going on all over the place, and, and a lot of them are going to jail, and they have these battery and assault uh, on their on the, in their records, and they just don't know how serious it is. The domestic violence in Florida is just it's just crazy. I think in Florida, if if, if you're picked up for domestic violence, I think it's a mandatory three days in jail. If I'm wrong, Brian, tell me. I'm not sure what what the uh, what the penalty is. I just know it's wrong. It is wrong. <laughs> you know, and I just know that if if you're doing something like that, you have got to absolutely be crazy. Oh man, you're losing your job and everything behind that. Yes, sir. There's so much to lose and and literally nothing to gain. Nothing. But yet so many people get caught up in it. And, and, and it's a sad it's a sad, sad thing. You know, and part of it is they have to learn, you know how to control themselves. You know, that's something that they have to learn. Because if they don't learn that, it's going to keep happening. And that's the sad thing. How do we break that cycle? How do we uh, break what the media, a lot of the media is putting out there as we need to get revenge or or showing the the derogatory signs that are being made about our president and and people hating um, people that aren't heterosexual. It's just, I think a lot of people's opinions are are beginning to take them over. Mm -hmm. They can't keep it to themselves until they just have to lash out and and do something. Yeah. I just really believe that that's what happened with... uh, was it Joe Wilson, the one that hollered out at the president, disrespected the president? Yes. I believe he had to say something, Brian. If he didn't, I believe he probably would have had uh, a massive heart attack. I don't think he could take anymore what was being said. You know, and, and that's the thing that's so just, there are a lot of times when I wanted to literally just explode on an issue, and I kept my cool. You know, and now it took time for me to do that. You know, but again, I'm not a I'm not a person, I'm not a politician. And so I'm not in the public eye enough to where I go out and I speak and I tell people to do what I say and follow my lead and you know, I mean, I work with with youth and I try to give them words of encouragement and empowerment and so to speak, but I don't consider myself Someone who is, you know, I'm not a representative of a wide amount of people. 
you know, I'm not a politician. I don't go out and say, hey, I'm Representative Brian Henderson. You know, I mean, I could be, but that's just not my, that's not my thing right now. You know what I mean? I was just about to say, not right now. <laughs> you know, and so I wouldn't, I know how to curb my tongue. I know how to keep myself to where if someone says something that upsets me, I internalize it, you know, because people, a lot of people don't know. I do have a temper. I do have one. Everyone has one. And my temper is not short, but when you do ignite it, <laughs> it burns a long time. <laughs> so what I try to do is I, I keep the wick short. <laughs> so that's something that you're working on. That's something that I've always worked on, you know. And I can truly say that I've done a lot better than I used to do. You know, but the thing that people have to understand and learn that in relationships, you are never going to get everything you want in a relationship. So what you have to do is build a consensus and then compromise on some things without compromising on your integrity, the respect that you that you deserve, not necessarily that you want, but the respect that you deserve. Don't compromise your faith or your beliefs. You know, but, I mean, those are the things that you can't compromise with, but you can compromise with things that, you know, that you don't absolutely need. You know, and I think that's part of relationships. You give a little and you get a little. But what happens is that we we've become such a selfish society where we got to have everything. We got to have it now, and we got to have it in a. We're a microwave society. We want it fast. We want it now, you know. And it better be right the first time. There's no room for mistakes. Mm-hmm. That what we end up doing is every time somebody makes a mistake, instead of teaching them how to build from it, we literally crush them into oblivion. Tear them down. You know, so I think I think what we need to learn how to do is to compromise without compromising, you know, and then build a consensus. I'm sure that there are a lot of people who have the same thoughts, beliefs, ideas, feelings, you know, and the best thing to do is if you can't get along with the people that you're around, Find some people you can get along with and then be around them. You know, there's no reason for you to hang around in a relationship that you know is not moving forward. No reason whatsoever. They can say, well, financially I can do this. Well, guess what? Mentally and spiritually, you're physically draining yourself to the point where emotionally you won't be good to anybody. That is good. (laughs) <laughs> you know? And so, things. why stay in the relationship that's going to destroy you mentally and physically just to try to keep financial status? Because yeah. money can't have... buy you love. Sure can't. Brian, I think we have about a minute left uh, in the show. But, mm-hmm. I mean, tonight it was, it was, it was an interesting topic. And uh, I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to listen to it, and I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure that we, we, we said some things that, that a lot of people are going to agree with and some things that people won't agree with. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least we're doing something. Uh, you know, I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, I truly believe that when people think about relationships, they need to think about them from a holistic standpoint, you know, not to where they selfishly think about what they can get out of them, mm-hmm. but... They have to think about what did, can they collectively bring to the relationship. You know, I, I think if we start thinking along those lines, that bad relationships will begin to disappear. And good relationships will begin to nurture themselves. It's almost like if you feed the grass real good and you take care of it, you won't get weeds. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us tonight. And we ask that you listen to the show online at Blog Talk Radio, 
facebook.com slash ASE motivation and hit us up on Twitter and MySpace. Good evening, God bless you all, and good night.